Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome into episode 15 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. I'm Tyler Uramjuk, joined by Cam Lewis, as I am after every single Toronto Blue Jays series. And even though we've been miserable after the last couple, we are here once again. Win or lose, Coombsy. We produce this podcast and they're doing a whole heck of a lot of losing right now. You sounded just there like you were in prison or that you were trapped, <laughs> like you were in some kind of purgatory uh, or some kind of hell having to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays after getting swept by the Tampa Bay Rays in a four-game series of a fucking nightmare. That was, that was like, for me and you specifically, like fans of the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Blue Jays, that was the ugliest sports week I've experienced in my life. Yeah, it, it could not get much more heartbreaking than that. Um, watching, I know the fucking Leafs fans <laughs> listening to this won't care and congratulations, you're up 2-1. Um, but like watching your favorite hockey team lose three straight overtime games and then watching your favorite baseball team go. <laughs> so in game one, they get off to a good start and then they give up four in the 12th and lose that one. In game two, they score the first run, give up runs in the eighth and ninth, lose 3-1. In game four or in game three, four in the ninth, blow it, lose six, four, and then seven in the 11th inning in the final game. Um, that was it, something. <clears throat> that it wasn't one? just, yeah. Oh, that, that was last a spectacle. Was, that was <laughs> what? Like, None of what? it made sense. Like the roller coaster of like, okay, they're down five, nothing. And they're pretty much fucked. Um, and then they storm back. The Vladdy home run felt like, it could be one of those like season turning, like defining moments. Like we'd look back and be like that comeback against Tampa when they finish, you know, one game ahead of the Rays in the standings at the end of the year, we're going to make, that was such a big game. And we didn't even know, but, and uh, yeah, then they find a way to blow it and then come back with a semi and home run in the 10th and then just piss their pants in the 11th. The Jays were, I guess the silver lining to draw from this is that the Jays were, I mean, this is probably a bit disingenuous to say, and people will probably disagree with me, but they were like a millimeter away from being on the exact opposite end and winning four games against the Rays. Those, those were all winnable. Those were all right there. Like the one game your pitching holds up is also the one game your offense doesn't come through in any oh. way, shape, or form. And then in every other game, you play well enough to win, and it's pretty much like your bullpen not coming through for you. And l- let's just get right into three up, three down. 
presented by Twig and Berries. Promo code NATION15 gets you 15% off. Twigandberries.ca. Good Canadian company. Good quality clothing for the everyday caveman. Uh, the first down. Let's just talk about like the heartbreak. I like that as as a down for this sure. one because man, you're you're like you said, you're just a millimeter away, and it counts for fucking nothing. You get yeah. zero credit in the standings for any of those games, even though, like you said, every single time it's like in a couple of those games, you're one out away from getting out of things and walking away with a victory. Very frustrating. Yeah, at the very least in the NHL, you get a loser point for situations like that. You get a little consolation point, but baseball is cruel. So they don't do that. It was especially bad. I I get the, I get the games mixed up, but it was the one where Dolis came in and allowed all the runs of the ninth. And that was the one that was especially bad right after the, the excellent Hyunjin Ryu start where it was like, okay, at least they can salvage one win in this series. And then in the last game, you know, Vladdy goes and um, hits those dingers and it's like, oh, wow, like amazing comeback. But then they managed to rip your heart out and eat it right in front of you. And it's, and it's like, oh, man, it would have been nice just to have this game go south at the very beginning and just not have to care. But here we are. Yeah. Um, and just losing in spectacular fashion. Like who you look at that score of 14, eight and you're like, oh, God, they got stomped. Holy shit. That was in the ele- like seven runs in the 11th inning. I just, I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah. Neither have I, I've, I've never seen that. And uh, the shitty part is you go all the way to the 11th and for a bullpen that is utterly exhausted and basically just, I mean, I wish yeah. we could say they were running on diesel. They're running on nothing right now. They could um, use some diesel right about Yeah, now. they could use some diesel use right now. Use Tanner Rourke to log some innings. <laughs> but that's our second down and it's the bullpen is just gassed. Like, it was such a good and fun story early on that they were putting together these great numbers out of the pen, but they just, they fell off a cliff here again. You can't even blame them. Cause it's not like these are top notch veteran relievers that the Jays loaded up on in the off season. Like this is the scrap heap of what their bullpen should have been. And it's just, it's just not there anymore. Yeah. This, this was inevitably going to happen as exciting as it was in April to watch. <sighs> the random collection of yeah. no name arms just shut down other teams. It was not going to happen forever. I mean, in this series, we saw somebody who must guys who are like 14th and 15th on their bullpen depth chart coming out of spring training, pitching in high leverage spots. Like how many games are you going to win? If you have Jeremy Beasley and Joel Pam's pitching in key spots. And I mean, you know, Pam's came through with a big strikeout and, you know, other guys have been have been good as uh, earlier in the season but just given the fact they only really have two maybe three starters who consistently go deep bullpen's completely gassed now so the jays really 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 need to get their starting rotation consistently pitching like five six innings so that we don't have no name x pitching every single day and one adjustment that i've liked is that you know, they're letting Ryu really go. Like he went up the other day. He was well over a hundred pitches by the time he came out of that ball game. So at least Charlie and company are recognizing that like, man, if our big guns don't go deep into games, like they're not quick with the trigger to pull them right They're They're letting them go deep. It's just a shame. They only have pretty much two guys who they can let go deep in ball games. Yeah, that's about it. So Let's hope that uh, let's hope this rotation can solidify itself in the next couple of weeks here. Otherwise, this kind of skid might continue. 
Yeah, fuck. Um, our final down, we are just going to look at the American League East standings where the Jays now find themselves five and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. The Jays are in fourth place. They're four and a half back of the third place Yankees. The Jays in their last 10, three and seven. Then you got the Rays at 10 and 0, the Red Sox at seven and three and the Yankees at eight and two. Everyone is going one way and the Jays are going the exact opposite direction. Um, it's really a shame to look at the standings right now and see the numbers that I see and then think back to that game against the Red Sox where we were like, hey, if they win this game, tops in the division. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, it feels like a lifetime ago that the Jays won that first game of the series against Boston. It was a really good game. <laughs> they were right there, half a game back from being in the lead of the division, and they haven't won since. And I mean, yeah, this this six-game losing streak kind of wipes out like a lot of... Um, the uh, goodwill they earned themselves earlier on in the month when they were, you know, sweeping Atlanta and, you know, having yeah. good series on the road. And now it's kind of all gone out the window and the other teams in the division are getting hot. And it just goes to show like how ridiculously deep and good the AL East is this year as always. And how yeah, big of a challenge yeah. it's going to be for the, <laughs> for the Jays to be in the mix. But we all, we all knew that. This was a really, really tough part of their schedule and one that we were kind of hoping and being optimistic about saying, you know, this could be a chance for them to really solidify themselves as a team that can contend for the top spot. And that is not out of reach. And there are still three big games against the Yankees coming up for them to turn things around in a hurry. Um, But I am also very excited for when this schedule gets both more boring and also in that sense, easier. Like I'm looking right now at the end of June, when they play seven out of nine games or seven out of their last 11 games against the Orioles. That'll be a nice stretch. Two against the Marlins and the other two are against the Mariners, right? Like those are 11 games that like, if you want to go on a raise like heater, those are the 11 games you could probably do it, do them in. So the schedule will get easier eventually, uh, but not until they roll through the Bronx and then some let's get to our ups for three up three down. And the first one we got written down here is Ross Stripling, who was supposed to start, didn't start. They used Thornton as an opener. And when Stripling came in, very impressive. I liked what I got from him because he's oh. seven scoreless innings. It was far and away as best as a Blue Jay. I mean, <clears throat> everybody had been shitting on this guy. Not even Us. just, oh, yeah. We've just, been, <laughs> we've just been all over this guy. Every single time he's in the downs call and he like doesn't even pitch and we're still complaining about him. <laughs> but yeah, no, Ross Strickland finally gave them a good start. I mean, seven innings, two hits. It's a, kind of a shame the game went to extras because it was like the perfect outing to rest the bullpen. But yeah, I think Stripling earned himself most certainly like another go in the rotation. That's for sure because... Not only were people talking about like, oh, like you need to get Stripling out of the rotation, bring up one of the hot young arms from AAA, but maybe you should just fucking DFA this guy. So I think Stripling proved, I mean, it's only one start, but he proved that he can be like a contributor to the starting rotation, I guess. So that's great to see. Let's hope that this is the start of him being a consistently solid pitcher like he was when he was a Dodger. But, you know, this is the first time we've seen him pitch well, really. And hopefully, you know, we, we're going to talk about Manoa in a second here, but maybe there's even a situation where like once they start getting healthier, once they, they even make a move for a starting pitcher, like when you reshuffle things and, you know, you get Barucky back and maybe you can move Stripling to the bullpen, then maybe things start to figure themselves out a little bit. You're going to get Thomas Hatch back at some point as well. 
Um, and that could be pretty quick, I believe, right? Do you know what yeah. the latest is on It'll that? It'll be, uh, so Hatch is pitching in AAA right now. Okay. But since he's on the, he was put on the 60 right um, right at the end of spring training. So it's going to be retroactive to probably March 28th. So I would guess he's available to come off the 60 right at the end of May here. So should be in the next week or two. So if you get Hatch back, and we'll talk about Manoa in just a second here, and then you move Stripling to the pen, you get Barucky back, you know, some guys get a chance to rest up as well. That's never really a given in a long major league season, but um, maybe there's a chance for, for that bullpen to turn themselves around and a good outing from Ross Stripling definitely gives me a bit of optimism. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. If we did our hot takes at the beginning of the year and you did the Vladdy hot take and you said, you know, Vlad's going to finish the year with an OPS over a thousand. And yeah. it was like, Pretty hot take, but I think he can do it. He has taken that hot take and made it look like I can't even come up with an analogy on the spot for it because he's just, he's been lights out. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we're doing a triple crown watch and MVP talk for Vladdy Jr., I wouldn't have believed you. Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, now I'm looking back at that. My bold take was a 1000 OPS and that looks extremely conservative now. Yeah. It's like, if he only puts up a 1000 OPS, it's like, oh geez, well like Vladdy cooled down a little bit. I mean, we're, we're legitimately talking here. 333 batting average, 1104 OPS here. Like those are leading the majors. Yeah. Those are prime Miguel Cabrera numbers. Like when when Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown MVP, like that's exactly, that's exactly pretty much what he was putting up. And it's like, this is what we're seeing right now from a fucking 22 year old. That's Uh, insane. It's just, yeah. The future is just so bright with him. Cause like you said, he's 22. I think Shulman sent out a tweet the other day that was just like, think about that. Like, in in baseball to be that young 22? and that good already 22 it's insane like how, how 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 good is vlad going to be when he's like 25 26 like what's he going to what what numbers is he going to put up it's going to be fucked like we're, we're watching now the beginning of a hall of fame career here this is the this is the this yeah. is what we expected to see when he was doing what he was in the minors and, and wow it's a treat to watch the jays sent out that tweet the other day that kind of said like you know at 21 he was overhyped at 20 or at 20 he was overhyped at 21 he was overrated and now at 22 he's arrived and some people were kind of like who was saying but like there was lots of people were lots of people and not just tons, like tons. troll fans and stuff like tons. there was there were big conversations about him and you know what this isn't exactly one of those like young player just needed time to adjust i give vladdy a ton of credit for putting in the work he did yeah because i think the weight loss was like clearly clearly something that had to be done i think he's in great shape he's playing really really good first base like leading the majors in in i think in fangraphs has him at the top for war right now um, or at least they did a couple of days ago i give him so much credit for the way he's turned this around oh yeah 100 percent. i mean like yeah he, he he put in the hours and he put in the work and he made himself really damn good like he what he what he had going on in his first years of his career just like wasn't good enough it wasn't working he decided okay like <laughs> let's let's destroy yeah. major league baseball pitching and just got into unbelievably good shape over the offseason and now here we are he's the best hitter of major league baseball <laughs> like like you said like that the tweet the jays put out it was um so many people really thought yeah. he was a bust. Like I remember, like even I was thinking, like, oh, geez, like I think at this point we'll be lucky if Vlad turns into be like prime Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah. Like he's a good player, he's fine. He might get some MVP votes, but he's never going to be that good. And now I feel like an absolute dumbass for thinking that. And it's great that Vlad proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, I don't talk about sports betting on this podcast because I know people generally don't care about hearing what I bet on. 
But at the beginning of the year, I saw an option to get Vladdy Guerrero Jr. to lead the majors in home runs at 70 to one. So I put a couple of bucks on it. So I'm I'm anxiously you hoping. You're sitting, uh, you're sitting, sitting pretty there. Hey? Let's, hope he, let's hope he continues. What, what's his pace right now? He's got, what, 15, 16 homers? Yeah, he's got 15 homers. He's tied with Acuna for the most in the majors. So 15 so homers in 46 game? games. 46. It's going to be one pace for, what, like 50 homers? That's going to be a 50 homer year, right? Yeah, it's on pace for 52.8 homers. So that'd be sick to see. That that that'll that'd be a fun story if down the stretch we do get some sort of like conversation or we get to watch that kind of run. And keep in mind, like 15 homers, and he's cooled off once this year already, too, right? Like this hasn't been 46 games of pure heater. This has been like there's been some dips at times, and there was the one slump where that that really kind of got people talking, but um, a very impressive run from Vladdy. Only, the- yeah, I'm looking at his numbers right now, and there's only one, two, three, four, five days in which his OPS was below a 1,000. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Uh, the Triple Crown watch, like I said, tied in home runs. He is tied for second in RBI, just two back of Trey Mancini. And in terms of batting average, he is sitting sixth in the majors with a 333 batting average. Uh, Castellanos, Winker, Mercedes, Bogarts, and Frazier are all ahead of him. He actually has the exact same batting average as Mike Trout as well, which is, uh, which is fun to see. I saw someone, I, I got to start like saving these tweets that I see that I think are funny so I can actually give people credit, but someone sent out like the cost of Vladdy turning into Mike Trout was the Jays also turning into the Los Angeles angels, um, as they sit here in the middle of a losing streak. All right. Uh, Our final up, Alec Manoa. This is the big story. This is the one that got everyone's attention yesterday. Ken Rosenthal broke the news um, that Manoa's coming up after a dominating run at AAA, a short run at AAA. Uh, So far this season in Buffalo or wherever they're playing, Trenton, blah, blah, blah. He has played three times. He has won all three starts. He's got an ERA of 0.5. It's good shit. In 18 innings pitched, he has struck out. Oh, and the stat just disappeared. 27, 27 batters. Three walks, 27 strikeouts, seven hits, one earned run. The one earned run was a solo dinger. I mean, yeah. I mean, Manoa proved he was too good for the AAA level. I think you can see that pretty quickly. Yeah. So he, I know you're I know you're Mr. Call him up. Call him up. But let's let's put on Coombsy's management hat here. Is this the right move for developing Alec Manoa as a prospect? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if I really have an objective answer here at this point. Like, it just seems it's hard to say because you're not on the ground, you're not there, and you're not mm-hmm. really seeing, watching the, you know, Motorola Razor feed of the AAA games doesn't tell you that much. You can't see exactly what's going on. But to be honest, it just seems from kind of the bird's eye view that he was way too good for that level. And he's, I don't know what you're going to learn just dominating mediocre hitters you got to come up to the majors and even if he struggles at least it's a learning experience and he goes back down and figures out exactly what he needs to do but i think if the blue jays are going to add him to the 40 man get him active and start his uh service time clock then it seems they're pretty confident that he's going to be good and contribute at the major league level for the rest of the year i would assume atkins was at his last made or his last triple a start which is uh probably a a sign or was a sign of how serious things were getting in terms of the conversation to bring him up. 
any concern for you at all that he's coming up to face a Yankees lineup at Yankee stadium? For me, I love it. Like one, he's a big righty. The Yankees have very few lefties that works out pretty well. Um, I, I like it. I think you look at a prospect and you kind of give, I think it's like extra juice, extra motivation to be like, we are calling you up to Yankee stadium to make your first career start. I think it's cool. I think it's a nice story. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, I think it's a great situation. I think the guy is pretty competitive and pretty intense. And I think playing in that environment is like a great way to kick things off. And I mean, I think the one thing I'm glad they avoided actually was him making his first ever start in Dunedin, which has proved to be like even more of a bandbox than fucking Coors in Colorado. Yeah. Everything that gets hit in the air leaves the park. And it's, it's just hilarious to watch at this point. So I think they were good to not have him starting there. I, I, I thought starting in Buffalo might've made some sense, but whatever, going to Yankee stadium and having that be your first go. That's a, that's a, that's a cool thing. I think he'll rise to the occasion. What I was getting at with the Yankees uh, in terms of their splits against righties, they are 16th in the majors in OPS. And on top of that, they are, uh, they're down in the bottom third, 23rd in the league to be specific in batting average against righties, uh, home runs, against righties as well. They are 16th in the majors. So it's, it's actually not the worst matchup in the world to have him going up against this Yankees group was my point. Um, so Manoa will make his first start against the Yanks on Wednesday. You brought up Dunedin. They are fucking out of Dunedin. And depending on who you talk to on that team, it's probably either a good thing or a bad thing. Ben Nicholson Smith, the blue Jays pitchers at home this season, <laughs> are 21st in ERA and 27th in home runs per nine innings. The Blue Jays pitchers on the road are 10th in ERA and 19th in home runs per nine innings. Um, But obviously their offense benefited greatly from the park that, like Cam said, uh, you hit it in the air. It's pretty much going out every single time on the road. They were 18th in average and 24th in OPS at home. They were first in both of those categories. So yeah. no more, no more Dunedin bump. Are you more sad that we don't get to watch entertaining ball games or, I mean, we still will, their offense is still yeah. good and all that, but like, are you, are you happy or sad? We're going up to Buffalo. I'm pretty happy to never hear the like random Florida crowd of opposing fans cheering against yeah. the home team every single game. I'm happy yeah, that's that that's fair. over with. I hope it's better in Buffalo. It wasn't, it should be better than it is in Dunedin, I think, but you never know. I mean, Yankees and Red Sox fans will make their way to Buffalo for many games, but ah, what can you do? That's life. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of happy about it too. It's a bit of a step up and you don't get the whole like yeah, every fly ball goes out of the ballpark. <laughs> so the Jays, uh, after visiting the Bronx, then they go to Cleveland and then they will take on the Miami Marlins for two games in Buffalo. So the official return to Buffalo does come on June 1st. Uh, let's get into this upcoming three game set against the Bronx Bombers, who, like I mentioned early in the pod, eight and two in their last 10. They are nine games over 500, a far cry from the team we talked about with our friend Neil Keefe on what episode five or six of the podcast. But oh, yeah. this Yankees team found a way to turn it around. No, there's no surprise there. Like, let's be real here. We all knew the Yanks weren't going to be bad all year. They were just up to a slow start. And I mean, they're, they're just never going to be that bad. It's never actually going to happen. I mean, this is no shock, but the Jays have played the Yanks well. They've won both of the series that they've played against them thus far. So 
It will be interesting to see how they look now. We haven't seen them in about a month and they seem to have hit their stride. Their pitching has kind of figured it out, which is really the game changer for them. I don't think their bats have really fully come around just yet, but the pitching is there and that's what they're getting. And that's kind of been the thing. I mean, fucking Corey Kluber threw a no hitter, but then again, everyone's throwing no hitters now because we're in the dead ball era. Apparently there's been like seven no hitters this year or something fucked like that. Actually come to think of it. It'd be nice if a, uh, somebody in the Jays threw a no hitter because I've never watched that happen in my life. So if there was ever a year for it to happen. It seems like this is the year. Robbie Ray goes out there and throws a little <laughs> no no action. Ross Stripling goes out there and throws a no hitter. <laughs> Alec you, Manoa throws a no hitter against the Yankees in his debut. You put some respect on Ross Stripling's name. He only allowed two hits in his seven innings. Um, yeah, can you imagine that would be peak 2021 Major League Baseball is Manoa <laughs> going out in his debut at Yankee Stadium and throwing a fucking no hitter against the Yankees. I think the most peak. 2021 Blue Jays thing to happen is if they did like a bullpen day and threw a no hitter with like Trent Thornton, Joel Pamps, fucking Travis Bergen, like AJ Cole and Ty Tice or some shit. And that was like the combined no hitter they threw. But the no hitter also features like eight walks. Like yeah, it's eight, the eight worst walks, fucking no hitter of all time. They allow like three runs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's eight exactly walks, what four errors, no hits. They use nine pitchers. <laughs> they lose the game, like yeah, lose the game in the eleventh. Yeah. <laughs> on two wild pitches. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That'd be so, that. That would be so them. That'd be classic. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be our fantasy scenario would be hilarious. A little um, fantasizing so, about that. Yeah, it's it's Matt's in game one. Uh, going up against, like you said, Kluber. And then in game two on Wednesday, it is Alec Manoa. And then who who's going to get game three here? Is it Robbie Ray? Robbie Ray, yeah. And then okay. that would line up for the Cleveland series for uh, Ryu and probably Stripling again for one and two. And then Matt's again. So it's a normal rotation now. It looks – if Manoa hits and he's working. Yeah. And Ross Stripling can continue to do that, then they have a normal rotation for the I first time all year. I know it's foolish to sit there and be like, oh, like, let's hope this young right-hander can come up and save their rotation slash season right now. But that is kind of the optimism of prospects, right? When you're a fan, it's anyone can be the savior. And maybe Manoa steps in and gives them however many good starts for the rest of the year. Um, I had the hot take you, you earlier when we did that podcast, you said my Bo Bichette getting MVP votes wasn't hot enough. So I said, Alec Manoa will be in the rotation by August. And you were like, ah, probably not. Maybe a bullpen arm. Turns out Manoa ready to go by uh, the end of May, which is fascinating. It's going to be an exciting day uh, tomorrow, I guess, when Manoa does finally make his debut. Uh, Three against the Yankees. Let's hope the Jays can turn it around and at least take two out of the three in this series. But it's going to be a tall task. How optimistic are you heading into this one, Coombs? Do you think they can do it? Can they surprise us, take two or three? Well, I'm just riding the high from what the last week of sports has been. But yeah, having Alec Manoa in the mix uh, makes everything significantly more exciting. It makes you forget the uh, six-game losing streak they're on. So I'm going to say they'll, they'll take two or three here. Let's hope they finally start getting some bounces and a little bit of luck here and there and maybe a couple clutch bullpen performances. And yeah, yeah two or three is possible of those if that mix of things kind of happens. But if we learned anything the last week, it's that those are not guarantees with this year's Toronto Blue Jays team. Uh, episode 15 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. 
Cam, you enjoy uh, you enjoy these three games coming up here. You enjoy that Manoa debut. Oh, I will. I am. This is uh, I'm quite excited for that debut. This is the most excited, exciting thing this year so far. So it's going to be a blast. This has been episode 15 of the pod. If you like it, if you enjoy it, if we are a part of your routine, leave us five stars, leave us a review, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. I'm supposed to tell you as a podcast host, we will be back to talk to you once again on Thursday. That's right. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.